the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, Bill Bunkley here. It is the 4 o'clock hour. That means it's time for the Bill Bunkley Show. Good to have you with us this afternoon with uh, a lot of topics on tap today. And it uh, looks like we might be drying out just a little bit as that, uh, at least what I looked at in terms of the radar, that the, this low pressure is moving a little bit off to the north and to the east. And so um, we still have a chance to get some showers through here, but I don't think that... Uh, at least in the next few hours, we're going to have any of those serious downpours, although some of you living more off the uh, the beaches into the internal aspects of the of our peninsula might be seeing some, some more rain uh, as we go and move further. Well, we've got a lot going on right now. The Southern Baptist Convention is underway, the annual meeting, I should say, in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, they're going to be tackling uh, better monitoring and exposing of sexual abuse within Southern Baptist-affiliated churches who uh, cooperate with the convention. That is uh, one of the big topics. The other big topic is uh, racial reconciliation. And um, so that's going to be rounding out uh, a lot of the subjects that people have been waiting to uh, to see. So we'll be talking about that, about what Southern Baptists uh, are at least, we believe, going to be doing in that area to combat those uh, two issues. Then um, the Supreme Court has taken up the issue, should the, uh, the phrase on our currency, in God we trust, should that remain on our currency? Or Because of this so-called separation of church and state, should it be removed? So we're going to be talking about that today as we uh, move a little bit further. Uh, And uh, we're going to have with us John Bursch, and he's vice president of Appellate Advocacy, senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, and we're going to be talking about that. We'll also be having uh, a const- uh, uh, conversation about a constitutional issue once again, and that has to do with um, what's been happening in terms of uh, a court case. You may have heard me talk about this particular court case because it's one that uh, uh, went to the Supreme Court. They returned it to, to Oregon. And uh, it is now back before uh, probably going to be going to the Supreme Court again because uh, what we found out, what happened is that the Oregon Supreme Court decided to uh, kick it back. So um, we're going to be talking about that. And, of course, I'm talking about uh, Baronelli Stutzman of Arlene's Flowers in Richland. 
and uh, we'll have a chance to talk to uh, John about that uh, with ADF. Now, we're also going to have uh, a discussion coming up uh, in the second hour, uh, and that's going to be having an opportunity to talk with uh, Brittany Raymer. Uh, she's a life issues analyst for Focus on the Family. Why? Well, wait till you hear about the latest abortion bill that has been signed in Vermont. And so I can't help but think about the division in our country. And it seems to be, with a couple of potential exceptions, it is the north versus the south all over again. But this time, it isn't uh, big factories versus agriculture. It isn't uh, the issue of where one human being should own another human being uh, for basic purposes of labor. Those were some of the the big topics, and of course, also on more of the global aspects of the Civil War, the divide was states' rights versus federal rights. The North was um, uh, a little more, that that's being said lightly, a little more embraceive of uh, federal government domination, whereas, as you know, with the states, they were worried about their way of life, augmented by the slavery, I must say. And they were worried about the fact that uh, laws could be implemented on them. And there was a feeling during that time that unless they had the slave labor, uh, all of their farms would go under because if they had to pay regular wages, and again, we're talking about a time where we didn't have all the mechanized farm equipment that we have today uh, that has been in use by the very large farming conglomerates like um, Arthur Daniels and, and those type of folks, um, big, big, big companies. And so you had that, uh, the, had that issue floating around. Well, today we'll talk about the Vermont with our friends of Focus on the Family, but the South is uh, many of the states, Florida being the exception this last round of the legislative season, but the South moving to protect life and the North looking to uh, authorize abortions for any reason at any time, and uh, we'll wait to talk about that more about the Vermont policy. We'll also be talking about uh, the fact that um, Tampa Bay, and you may not know this, and this may be the most important local story that we get out today, there is a shocking number of new cases right here in Tampa, for hepatitis A, that's hepatitis A, and we have uh, a very eye-opening, a very shocking statistic to share with you uh, today, and that is because the hepatitis A outbreak is um, is happening right here in Tampa Bay, and I think that the the current hepatitis cases that's been reported to the state of Florida. Uh, has equals the last four or five years of hepatitis A. And you might have noticed a, a restaurant here, a restaurant there has been closed down temporarily because someone was diagnosed with hepatitis A, and they have um, been closing those down to make sure the facility is safe. Well, apparently 
And there's a question, that has the media not been reporting it, or has the state not been as forthcoming as they could from the Department of Health as to what's happening in these areas? As always, our phone lines are open at 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Um, we have uh, a little bit of an update from yesterday's story. Uh, it came out uh, this afternoon, and that is that helicopter crash uh, in the Big Apple that took place uh, yesterday. Uh, the pilot uh, ended up losing his life. Um, no one else was in the helicopter. It seems as though when you look at, I looked at the flight path, the helicopter took off from the 34th Street heliport, went out over the river, and was like circling a couple times, then was up and then was down, and um, then went up, then went in over midtown Manhattan, and then crashed on top of the building. Now... Interesting enough, the pilot yesterday being credited uh, with um, the fact that he was flying such a high-end helicopter, there was um, there was a thought process, as well as with me, that in that particular situation, the pilot uh, must have been uh, very thoroughly cha- uh, trained. As it turns out today, the pilot was, uh, it was very bad weather. And uh, high winds, the rain's coming through, and we found out that uh, he was certified only for visual flying, which means you have to have certain good conditions out there. It's the way most pilots begin getting their first license. They fly under uh, a visual, and then once they learn, train, and then they uh, understand how to use their instruments, they can then get further certified uh, to fly via instruments, and that is um, a great deal of uh, more capability on behalf of a pilot because the the fog, the rain, the winds, etc. When your visibility is cut down, they're going to have that opportunity to bring the craft to where they are trying to to um, complete their journey and to bring it down safely. So. Apparently, he didn't have all of those uh, certifications, and so as the investigation goes on. And the other thing, now I question with him going in a circle, and there's also a video where he sort of, you know, is kind of holding into the wind, then he dips down. Uh, that helicopter supposedly had floats on it. Uh, when he was over the water and having issues, why did he at the last minute... Um, try to cut across Manhattan. Now, keep in mind that the direction that he was heading in, he was heading back into the direction of New Jersey. New Jersey is uh, was the home port for that helicopter, and since he was the only one on board, uh, it, it seems to me that he began, I guess he thought maybe after a couple of those erratic circles what was going on, he thought that uh, he had control of the helicopter and was heading back uh, uh, over to New Jersey, to the New Jersey side, kind of heading back toward Newark, if you know the area there. You know, you got LaGuardia. If you're looking at a map, LaGuardia is off to the right of Manhattan, out of the Manhattan, uh, uh, and uh, Newark International is off to the left. So it looks like he was maybe trying to get to his home heliport, 
and uh, maybe as as soon as he got over, you know, Midtown, whether the engine stopped or something happened, either way, he crashed uh, the helicopter on top of that building and uh, paid his life for it. The other update I want to give you is for those of you tuning in this afternoon on our Biz channel. The Dow Jones Industrials has snapped a six-day winning streak, but not by much. Um, Even though Larry Kudlow said a couple of hours ago that the U.S. economy will maintain a 3% pace with or without a China deal. And uh, at the same time, the stock market, even though it took a pause in the timeout today, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, on track again for another all-time high. Um, Wall Street expects President Trump to win in 2020, but uh, there's some skepticism about that outcome, but that's basically still the feeling on the street. And um, today, the Dow Jones Industrials closed off 14 points uh, to close at 26.048, and the S&P 500 was off 1.01, closing uh, rounded off at 28.85. The NASDAQ uh, closing off 0.60, that's 0.60, very close to being unchanged, um, rounding off the NASDAQ closing at 78.22. So uh, sort of a Take a breather day uh, in the markets today, and uh, we'll see if that continues to uh, to hold as we move forward. As always, our phone lines are open at 877-943-9673. We are committed to keeping you informed, and we start with uh, regional issues right here in West Central Florida, which includes uh, Tallahassee, Florida News, local news, and then we'll look at uh, national and we'll look at international as we try to keep you not only informed uh, when necessary, as was yesterday when there's breaking news, or to keep you informed of important things today. Well, hepatitis A is a problem. It's a problem right here in the Bay Area. We'll have that more in a moment. Don't want to miss this next story. I'm Bill Bunkley. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andrew Farley, author of Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. I'll be sending one lucky winner and a companion to Dallas, Texas for the Twisted Scripture Conference this November. Enter on this station's website and download my free guide to your identity in Christ. Hope to see you in Dallas. Enter the Twisted Scripture Getaway Giveaway today at letstalkfaith.com. letstalkfaith.com. I want you to sleep in. I want you to cool down. And I want you to have the home of your dreams. I'm Alyssa Walters, CEO and daughter of family-owned and run BlindsGalore.com. My mom, Shelly, hi, everyone, and I have been working together for as long as I can remember. We've never settled for mediocre, and you shouldn't either. We're tough customers, but we love to say wow when it's worth it. That's why we built Blinds Galore. To give you designer blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters without the designer price. Get free samples, free shipping, and all the free design help you desire. Our in-house team of experts can help you online or over the phone every step of the way. Plus, you're free to exchange your custom blinds or shades for any reason. It's that simple. We've been doing this for nearly 20 years. 
and want you to take pride in your window treatments. It's your home after all. You'll love the view. We, we promise. promise. Just go to blindsgalore.com. That's blindsgalore.com. Thanks for listening today to Faith Talk. We'd like to introduce you to a new radio program, The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Each weekday, Pastor Danny will walk you through the scriptures, verse by verse, passionately sharing the truth and hope of the gospel for a lost and dying world. Find out more at ccfstpete.church. The Living Word with Danny Hodges, weekdays at 1030 a.m. on Faith Talk, a.m. 570, 910, and at com. Bill Bunkley, we're back on the Bill Bunkley Show, 877-943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. Well, we've got uh, some information to pass along this afternoon, and that has to do with hepatitis A. That's right, hepatitis A. And it seems like that uh, we've had an increasing statistic just this year on uh, that very, very troublesome disease and uh, when we look at the numbers that seem to be on the verge of explosion it's something that we wanted to tell you about because we've heard about several different restaurants and uh, several different uh, situations that we have encountered whereas the hepatitis strain has increased here with the number of cases in the Tampa Bay area. And in fact, uh, it looks like that uh, it's about, oh, hold on, my story just popped away here. Um, That is great. What happens when you get a Microsoft reset code? I don't like that. All right, let's get back to it. Um, Let me get these figures up because I want to make sure that I'm, um, I'm giving you the right numbers here in my little pad is not cooperating here we go this was an original story out of uh, from noah pransky for florida politics now not only is hepatitis a skyrocketing all across the state it seems to be extra extra potent right here in the bay area and uh, what we're concerned about is food service workers that get exposed to this and then they can expose you when you're out going to some restaurants around the area. And the Florida Department of Health, we really haven't seen a press release. We haven't really seen a press conference. Um, and uh, according to this report, uh, they have chosen not to notify the public of some of these food worker cases, though you have seen a few. Um But the spokesperson for the Florida Department of Health says that they are weighing the risks to patrons against the risk of a public health scare. Well, I'm not reporting this to scare you. I'm reporting this to warn you. And um, it's becoming a daily occurrence in Florida. And what I mean by that is a report coming in about hepatitis is uh, now happening at a daily rate. According to the state of Florida, 
there are more cases of Hep A for the first five months of this year than the previous five years combined. Let me repeat that statistic because that's what caught my eye and that's why I wanted to at least initially put it on your radar screen. Here we are in June and uh, some point in here we will be halfway through uh, a calendar year for 2019 and the number of cases that have been reported just from January to probably sometime in May when this report was generated as far as the comparison uh, those are more cases than you take the last five years added together and combined and this is a quote that I want you to listen very very carefully Tampa Bay is ground zero for the epidemic with cases of the liver virus particularly prevalent in Pinellas, Hillsborough, Pasco, and Hernando counties. Well, each one of those counties are in our uh, combined uh, between the biz uh, channels, the answer channels, and the uh, faith talk channels. This is, uh, you know, a major part of our listeners. And so when I hear that we are ground zero in Pinellas, Hillsborough, Pasco, and Hernando counties, and the um, the Hep A epidemic, if there, if you can call that yet, is five times the cases that was reported in the last four years. That's what we want to tell you. Now, what's the most important thing that you can do with all of this? You know, we've talked about fentanyl. Fentanyl, if it gets on your skin, it can kill you. That's why our law enforcement, our, our sort of our local DEA specialists with our law enforcement agencies, when there is a big bust, uh, that's why they're wearing thick gloves, all of their appropriate equipment, because you just don't want to get exposed to this stuff. And so what you do is the best thing you can do is to wash your hands several times a day. And I mean scrubbing them, not just put a little water, take a one one dip out of the, the pump for your soap. I mean, I'm talking about really washing your hands. And then, um, especially if you're out in the public, you know, if you're going to air dry them, that's probably the best way if they've got an efficient air drying machine. If you don't have an air dry, try and... Try and use your elbow or something or your arm other than your hands if you've got to push that lever to get the paper towels to come out. What the idea is you want to just uh, um, not touch anything. And then remember that uh, if you're at a place where you can keep one of the paper towels, the very best thing to do is to take one of those paper towels on the way out if there is a door that you have to open. And just let that paper towel be between your hand and the doorknob or the the bar on the door or whatever it is. And to just get outside of the bathroom area. Because imagine uh, the bathroom is is ground zero in terms of where we pick up stuff. And I am convinced that especially kids at school, uh, tracking into the water fountains, uh, going into the bathrooms, and then they don't wash their hands, and then all the germs and viruses can can be spread fairly easily. And so I really believe that if you are a um, a multiple hand washer during the day, and you try not to 
touch things right around the water fountain directly, maybe using the, 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 your fist, the palm of your hand, because that's the stuff that when you scratch, uh, you got a little scratch around your eye or something, that's when you're most uh, liable to pick up uh, this stuff. And so with that, um, hopefully that will give you a little bit of a protection for uh, hepatitis A. It is a, a disease of the liver, but uh, invite you if you want to drill down more. And we'll talk about it more in the future about just what uh, hep A is. But uh, if you want to find out more, just real easy, just uh, Google it. Uh, hepatitis A, you can find out more. Well, as I said, we're going to be taking a break in just a moment. And uh, when we do, uh, John Bursch is going to be with us. He's a vice president of uh, appellate advocacy. And he's also the senior counsel with ADF. And going to be talking about um, the case out in Olympia, Washington. Here we go again. Baronelli Stutzman of Arlene's Flowers in Richland, uh, Baronel, uh, had a chance to uh, let the Oregon Supreme Court write her case. It was sent back down by the Supreme Court. They've held their ground. Now we go back to the Supreme Court. We'll find out more about this ping pong match coming up in a moment. More of the Bill Monkley Show. Don't go away. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump is in Iowa for a couple of scheduled events. So is Democrat Joe Biden. The two have been going back and forth, trading barbs. As expected, the full House has voted to authorize the Judiciary Committee to pursue a contempt citation against Attorney General William Barr and former White House Counselor Don McGahn. Boris Johnson has solidified his frontrunner's status in the race to become Britain's prime minister by gaining backing from leading pro-Brexit lawmakers. Johnson is promising to lead Britain out of the European Union by October 31st with or without a divorce deal. It was a roller coaster ride on Wall Street today, but stocks did finish lower. The Dow dropped 14 points, the Nasdaq was off fractionally, and the S&P 500 was down one. This is SRN News. So, along with everything else you have to do day-to-day running your business, you're trying to manage your digital marketing and social media. It's a lot of heavy lifting. How can you compete? You need some help from Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't 
enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Curl Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765. The bottom line is how do you raise responsible adults who love God? Jim Burns on Focus on the Family Minute. And if you are going to raise responsible adults, you almost want them to skin their knee because that's how we learned. I mean, I learned uh, a lot of my you know, strongest growth experiences happened because I skinned my knee because I said something wrong or I did something wrong. And then I reacted in a better way. So I think the parents have to be there for when they crash. Yeah. And so what I was suggesting to those parents is that as your kids are going through this, don't become a one-topic parent. Don't just focus on their drug and alcohol abuse. Don't just focus on uh, their promiscuity that's taking place, but actually... They know what you believe. Now be there for them because when they crash, not if they crash, but when they crash, you want them to to come back to you and actually to come back to you so that they can get back to God. Your child can learn from their failures. More from Jim at FamilyMinute.org. What if I could tell you that a full-blown wildfire was going to occur tomorrow right where you live? Tell you exactly which neighborhoods it would engulf and how fast it would do it. The first thing you would do is talk with your loved ones and make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a wildfire will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you make a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley here, The Real Bunkley Show. Phone lines are open at 877-943-9673. Who would ever thought 200 years ago we would be spending as much time not only in public water fountain discussions or on this radio program talking about the United States Supreme Court and a decision they might be contemplating? Now, why why do I say that? If you've done any research at all on the Founding Fathers, the idea that, yes, we have three equal branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. But I can tell you the Founding Fathers thought that the judicial would be just kind of like the the very, very least utilized, uh, important branch of the government. Well, that one didn't work out exactly as they had planned because it seems like the Supreme Court over the last, well, at least three or four or five decades of my life, uh, not only are they the umpire calling the balls and strikes when it comes to uh, the Constitution, but they've also been involved with some activism. As we know, the conspiracy theories go out in the NBA and uh, hockey and soccer and baseball about uh, you know, getting kind of uh, active in the end result as a referee. Well, today is just like any other day. we got a couple of separate Supreme Court situations we're going to talk about. And uh, one of the leading, and I mean this because you know how often they're on our show, 
one of the leading organizations, Alliance Defending Freedom. They just do a yeoman's job, and uh, if you're listening to my updates here on a daily basis, they are all over the place representing people. Today we have uh, from ADF uh, John Bursch. He's the vice president of appellate advocacy, and uh, he has argued, are you ready for this, 11, count them, 11 U.S. Supreme Court cases since 2011. And he has the sixth highest win rate among all lawyers with four or more five to four Supreme Court decisions since the 2005 term. I like those averages since we had a little bit of a sports theme. As part of his private firm, Burst Law PLLC, he has represented Fortune 500 companies, foreign and domestic governments, top public officials, industry associations, and high-profile cases, primarily on their appeals. He was uh, inducted into the Academy, the American Academy of Appellate Lawyers and serves as a member of the American Law Institute. John, it's good to have you with us this afternoon, my friend. Thank you. So glad to be here. Well, we got two different court cases. One would be pretty easy to understand, and uh, one is kind of scratching my head because we've got a little bit of a ping-pong match going on between the U.S. Supreme Court and the Washington Supreme Court. So let's take let's take the one with uh, Michael Newdow, who's uh, he's a guy that likes to file some lawsuits. He um, was the one that tried to remove under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, he came back to the court and asked the Supreme Court to take in God we trust off the U.S. currency. Well, he kind of failed at that. Uh, what are your thoughts about this decision of the court? Yeah, he failed big time, and I, I don't really think it's a huge <laughs> surprise. <laughs> um, there was a case that the U.S. Supreme Court decided uh, just a few years ago now, in 2014, and it was called Town of Greece versus Galloway. And the question involved whether a city council could say a prayer before they started a meeting. And in ruling in favor of the city council in that case, the Supreme Court majority said that when we think about free exercise questions, we need to look at the history of our country and how religion has played a role in public life. And if for hundreds of years we allowed, for example, prayers at public meetings, like we start every congressional uh, session with a prayer, then most likely the founders, the framers, those who enacted the First Amendment, would not have thought that that was a problem. And it's the same thing with In God We Trust on the money. Uh, it's been there for hundreds of years, you know, going all the way back to the, the days when the First Amendment was fresh, and plenty of people could have said, hey, that violates free exercise rights. Um, and so the Eighth Circuit here very appropriately said that's not a problem, and the Supreme Court didn't even think it was worth its time to take it up. Yeah, that's what you call getting booted pretty quick. But uh, again, it's noteworthy because of the attack on religious freedom. And of course, we've got a, 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 a plethora of cases over the next few years that are going to be coming up that uh, might not be as clear cut as this one. And that's why we need to be remaining very vigilant. Of course, my guest today is Don, John Burse. He's the vice president of Appellate advocacy uh, with uh, ADF. And by the way, that website, and uh, you ought to really follow them because uh, we, uh, going forward, these court cases, as I said, the Supreme Court was never supposed to be as important as they are today, but yet it is. But that website to follow a lot of these cases is adflegal.org. That's adflegal.org. Well, the main case that uh, I need to have some help on, and I think our listeners do as well, as uh, we had a case, and this uh, just a lovely, lovely senior lady 
Baronel Stutzman of Arlene's Flowers uh, there in Richland, uh, Washington. Had a ch- I've had a chance to meet her on a couple occasions just in Tallahassee not too long ago. Well, she has uh, one of those court cases uh, about her place of business. Um, give us the, the background on this, John, because uh, her case went to the Supreme Court in Washington. Then it was appealed back to the U.S. Supreme Court. Then it went back to Washington. Tell us how this case has gone back and forth and where we're at now. Just like ping pong. And unfortunately, it's one of those situations where the state Supreme Court uh, is not acting as the least dangerous branch. Um, like you said, Baronelle is a very sweet grandmother, um, and she is a floral artist, and she owns a floral shop in the state of Washington. And Baronelle serves everyone that comes into the shop, but she can't participate in an event or express a message with her flowers that is against her religious beliefs. And everybody used to agree that the First Amendment would protect exactly that. Well, what happened was she had a customer. His name was Rob. He was gay. He knew that uh, she was Christian. She knew he was gay, but they got along beautifully for those nine and a half years. She served him in all kinds of capacities. But when he came to her and asked her to do the floral arrangements for his same-sex wedding, she respectfully took him aside, held his hands, looked him in the eyes, told him how much she cared about him, but said because of her relationship with Jesus Christ, she simply couldn't participate in the wedding. And she referred him to some other nearby florists who would do a good job. They chatted a bit. She hugged. She thought that would be the end of it. But Rob's partner posted something on social media. It went viral. And then the Washington State Attorney General went viral. He uh, grabbed the case without any complaint. He sued Baronell, both in her business capacity and also her personal capacity. And the ACLU jumped on board as well. And in the first Washington State Supreme Court decision, the uh, State Supreme Court unanimously held that serving a a gay customer for nine and a half years but not participating in his wedding is discrimination based on sexual orientation. They had no ability to differentiate between the person and the event. So that, that was chapter one. Um, So Barry now asked the U.S. Supreme Court to hear the case, and about that same time, they were deciding Masterpiece Cake Shop. That's Jack Phillips, the baker. And in Masterpiece, the court said that the government can never act with hostility towards someone because of religion. If they do, then all the government action is invalid. Well, here, the the state AG in lots of particulars that we can talk about, was extremely hostile to Baron Mel's religion. And so the Supreme Court reversed the decision and sent it back and said, we want you to consider a masterpiece hostility theory. Well, then it gets even stranger because the Washington State Supreme Court says, well, in masterpiece, the Supreme Court was dealing with an adjudicatory body, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Therefore, The government hostility theory only applies to judges. But we're the judges here, and we're not hostile based on religion. We just think that she discriminates. And so they reaffirmed their previous decision and left Baronelle out in the cold. And so now she has to go back to the U.S. Supreme Court a second time to try to fix that ridiculous ruling. How well, when when this happens this way, and now we've got, uh, we probably have uh, some new jurists, on the Supreme Court than when the last round. When this gets back, how will this be received? It would seem to me that with no adjustments, uh, obviously if they didn't – am I wrong, John, in assuming that if the U.S. Supreme Court back then didn't think there ought to be some accommodations, they might not have sent it back, or, or am I wrong thinking that way? 
Well, it's hard to say. Um, the Supreme Court doesn't typically take two of the same kind of case really close together. They like to have some space between them. And so having just decided the Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop case, most likely they wanted to put some space between the cases. But I don't think we can read anything into the fact that they sent it back other than they thought that the Washington State Supreme Court needed to uh, take account of Masterpiece. So when we go back, we actually have a couple things to say. First, we've got the Masterpiece theory itself. There was all kinds of hostility exhibited by the Attorney General here. And the U.S. Supreme Court has said in other contexts that the government can't be hostile to someone because of their religion, whether it's a judge or somebody else. I mean, that's just a silly way to try to distinguish it. But we can also go back with her core claims. Um, those haven't been barred, that she has the free exercise of religion and free speech to not participate in an event or express a message that violates her religious beliefs. And having issued a more narrow decision in the cake shop case, I suspect the Supreme Court's going to be ready to say something broader, because as you know and your listeners know, it's not just Barron now, but videographers, calligraphers, um, T-shirt makers, you know, all kinds of creative professionals across the country who are experiencing persecution at the hands of the government because they want to abide by their religious practices in their business, and the Constitution guarantees that right. And I want to tell you that uh, I have never spent a lot of time in Olympia, Washington, but I, I know enough from a previous broadcast that Olympia is large enough that uh, uh, Baronel is not the only uh, flower shop owner in Olympia and uh, not the only place that uh, a same-sex um, situation could, could seek out uh, the product that they're looking for. But I got to tell you that there's just the side of me that when you have serviced a customer for nine years and then you want to have this ceremony and you just very kindly, you know, you've exhibited that uh, their sexual orientation had nothing to do with the regular business of the shop. But then when you want me to do a ceremony that's different, it, it just it just seems to me cold and harsh that this individual would come back and uh, allow the different organizations to take up his deal and to do what's been done. And, and unless you had a chance to really meet uh, uh, Baronel, you wouldn't know that. Let me ask you, John, are you able to stay with us for a few more minutes or not? Well, absolutely. All right, I got a break coming up. Uh, let me take a break because when I come back, I also want to transition back because, and I don't know how much John knows, but apparently Jack Phillips uh, has been sued again. And again, that is the Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop, and so I want to explore that a little bit. And also just the fact of the relentless flow of hostility toward uh, Christians uh, in the area of religious freedom. Um, even learning that Jack Phillips, who spoke last night on a panel in Birmingham, Alabama, for the Southern Baptist uh, Annual Convention, uh, about this very issue. I want to explore that a little bit deeper. John Bursch is my guest, Vice President of Appellate Advocacy for Alliance Defending Freedom. That website is adflegal.org. That's adflegal.org. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. And again, phone lines are open, 877-943-9673. Don't go away. More on religious freedom, religious liberty, next on the Bill Bunkley Show. Just one look at you 
This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. The Hindu nationalist Narendra Modi just won a massive re-election in India. For American conservatives, there's a lot to like about Modi. India, under his leadership, has been a partner to the United States, both politically and economically. But for Christians and all those concerned about religious liberty, Modi's victory is nothing to celebrate. Modi is the head of the BJP, a Hindu nationalist party, which believes that Indian national identity is intrinsically tied to Hinduism. According to the nonprofit Open Doors USA, India is now one of the worst countries in the world for Christians. Modi's government turns a blind eye to violence against Christians while it shuts down ministries. President Trump has a close relationship with Modi, and Modi wants to make it closer. So the U.S. has leverage in the relationship. President Trump should use this leverage and save the lives of Christians. I'm Jerry Boyer. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree. Apply by June 15th for fall classes. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley, keeping believers in touch with God. The Spirit of God is within you. He's living within you, ready to live through you the very life that he prepared for you. You should never feel like you're alone. You know why? Because you're not. You are not alone once you trust that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Thank God you'll never walk alone. Listen, you won't walk alone, work alone, love alone, die alone. Once you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you got it for all eternity. And it's not an it, but somebody, and that's the Holy Spirit who is, listen, he's the one who sealed you, and no person ever sealed by the Spirit of God has ever had a seal broken, not one. For help and hope from God's Word, visit In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley at InTouch.org. Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? That's right. That's why it's critical to supplement your diet with a good source of vitamin C every single day. Aquapowder's vitamin C is a safe, effective, and delicious way to get the powerful vitamin C your body needs. And it's easy. Just mix with water and drink. Feel more energy, boost your immune system, and fight free radical damage. The secret is that Aquapowder's vitamin C combines nature's most potent forms of vitamin C, including acerola cherry, to deliver 2,000 milligrams per serving. That's real protection. And Aquapowder's vitamin C is available on Amazon. That's spelled A-Q-U-A-P-O-W-D-E-R-Z. Vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and Aquapowder's is one of the best ways to get vitamin C. So go to Amazon now and get your Aqua Powders Vitamin C today. And remember, Aqua Powders transforms water into wellness. Anna Quinlan is a well-known writer who won a Pulitzer Prize in 1992. She once remarked that she would be happy to have raised children whose idea of interior decorating consisted mostly of building enough bookshelves. Reading gets stiff competition these days from the Internet and other media but books are still being published. Are you a regular reader, expanding your life with newly acquired horizons? I hope so. And I hope you're reading daily the world's best-selling book, the Bible God gave us to expand our knowledge of Him, to challenge us to live the life we were created to enjoy for His glory. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's book on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. 
log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. Welcome back. Bill Bunkley here on the Bill Bunkley Show, and uh, we are excited that you're with us, with us this afternoon. Talking about uh, court cases, talking about the rights of Christians and Christian bakers, Christian florists, and uh, not only have we have a situation where uh, Baronel Stutzman of Arlene's Flowers is uh, having to go back to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court again, well, we also have, uh, I learned uh, about an hour, well, I learned actually, I think, last night. But uh, you remember Jack Phillips? Remember the Masterpiece Cape Shop, uh, Cake Shop uh, case? Well, this broke about an hour ago, uh, crediting Fox News. The order of Masterpiece Cake Shop, which won a case before the U.S. Supreme Court recently, was sued for a third, let me repeat, a third time uh, this week. Jack Phillips of Lakewood, Colorado, bakery owner who has refused to bake cakes that violate his Christian faith, is being sued again by Autumn Scardina, a transgendered woman, for refusing to bake a trans, uh, excuse me, a gender transition cake. Scardina claims it is textbook, I repeat, textbook LGBT discrimination. But Jack Phillips said she is rehashing old claims that hold no merit. Let me bring back in John Bursch, who's vice president of Appellate Advocacy, senior counsel with ADF. And by the way, that website is adflegal.org, adflegal.org. Well, in a way, this might not be a direct ping-pong match, but it certainly could be a cousin. How in the world can how can any rational person think that with the Jack Phillips victory, this is going to be any different? It's unbelievable the way they're trying to persecute poor Jack Phillips. Um, so, as you mentioned, he won in the U.S. Supreme Court in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case um, his right to not make a same-sex wedding cake and then go to the wedding ceremony and and celebrate. Um, That's consistent with the fact that Jack serves everybody, but there are certain events he won't attend or messages he won't create. That's why he won't make cakes with alcohol, and he won't make cakes that say disparaging things about people. He won't make Halloween cakes because he thinks that's too close to the occult, and he couldn't make the same-sex wedding cake. Well, about the time that the Supreme Court was announcing it would hear the Masterpiece case, Autumn Scardina was making a new request for a cake back in Colorado, and this transgender coming out cake was blue on the outside and pink on the inside to show Scardina's transition from a biological male to a female. And so within a short time after Jack won in the Supreme Court, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission sued Jack again a second time based on his refusal to make this cake and express that message about transgenderism. And um, at Alliance Defending Freedom, we again represented Jack, and we went into federal court, and we got a, a, a decision that was going to stop the Colorado Civil Rights Commission in its tracks. And so they withdrew the, the case against Jack. So he had won twice. 
Well, now Autumn Scardina is back filing an individual lawsuit, and Scardina's claim is that because the government isn't involved here, the hostility theory and masterpiece goes away. Um, but what Scardina fails to recognize is that you can't use an accommodation law to force someone to express messages or attend events that are against their religious beliefs. And if you applied the same standard that Scardina is demanding here in other contexts, you could force an African-American baker to make a cake for a Ku Klux Klan rally. You could force a Jewish website designer to design a pornographic website for somebody, or you could force a Muslim butcher to serve pork to people, all against their religious beliefs. That's not the way our Constitution works. Let me ask you, this got about a minute, minute and a half left, uh, heartbreak coming up. Um, to me, this is borderline harassment. Tell me why this is or is not a frivolous lawsuit, or if this one goes all the way to the top because this is an individual and not an agency or a judge, uh, how would you handicap what this is all about? And and at what point do Christians have the, uh, the right to live a peaceable life and have a business without this harassment? There's no question that the First Amendment guarantees Christians and people of every faith the right to be able to live their religion in the public square and in their businesses without harassment. You would think that this would be an easy decision. I do think it's frivolous. Unfortunately, the state courts in Colorado, where the case was brought, were not very kind to Jack Phillips and his faith when it went up to the Supreme Court the first time. Um, So it's possible this may have to go all the way back again. Uh, The good news is if the Supreme Court at some point would determine it was frivolous, then Scardina would be responsible for all the court costs. That's what needs to be happening here. And uh, boy, oh boy. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, John Birch, thank you so much for your expertise and your excellent resume of uh, your expertise before the high court. And, of course, if you want to follow up with uh, his work and the other cases, that website is adflegal.org, adflegal.org. John, thank you so much for being with us and educating our audience today and keep up the, the, the very kingdom-oriented great work you're doing. My pleasure. Keep us in your prayers. We will. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And also keep, uh, keep Jack Phillips, yes, sir, keep Jack Phillips and uh, Baronel Stutzman in your prayers as well. Coming up in the next hour, well, we got Vermont weighing in. Wait till you hear about this abortion decision. We'll talk with our friends at Focus on the Family about that. And uh, I'll be signing off on our stations here for our answer stations or on our business stations, our business, the biz station. I'll be over on AM 570 and 910. Come on over and continue discussion. I'll be right back. Have you been denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score? Join the thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score. I went to get my first car. I had to get a used car, high interest, and so I knew that things were things were done from there. For over 15 years, we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues. We communicate with you, your creditors, and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments, collections, charge-offs, liens, bankruptcy, and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate. And I've gone up 40 points already. 
There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. House Democrats passed a resolution making it easier to sue the Trump administration, paving the way for legal action against those who defy subpoenas in congressional hearings. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says oversight activities and legal action to enforce subpoenas are the institutional duty of Congress. The Congress is both constitutionally obligated and legally entitled to access and review materials from the executive branch, which it can subpoena. Yet the president and the administration have shown an unprecedented and unjustifiable refusal to furnish Congress with that information. Georgia Congressman Doug Collins begs to differ. A court will decide whether the House has standing, whether the case is right, and whether the Congress is entitled to the information outside of an impeachment inquiry. The vote means that House committees may go to court to enforce subpoenas. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden and President Trump are going after each other today. In a campaign speech in Otuma, Iowa, Biden says President Trump's tariff policies are not helping farmers. I hope his presence here will be a clarifying event because uh, Iowa farmers have been crushed by his tariff war with China. And no one knows better than the folks in Iowa. While President Trump says Biden was wrong when he said last month that China was not a competitor of the United States. Joe Biden is a dummy. Joe Biden thought China was not a competitor. China made $500 billion over a short period of time against Obama, Biden, and for many, many years, in all fairness to them. China is a major competitor. Mr. Trump got briefed on Midwestern flood damage as he visited Nebraska prior to participating in political events in Iowa. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 14 points. The Nasdaq unchanged. The S&P declined one. Oil down a penny to 53.27 a barrel. More at townhall.com. Life is lived by moving forward, seizing the open road, embracing what's ahead. It's why we created Ford Pass. Everything you need to keep forging ahead in one app, right in the palm of your hand. Only Ford Pass combines roadside assistance, Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving, built Ford proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about earning points for flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. A coalition of states is suing to block T-Mobile's bid to merge with wireless carrier Sprint. California and New York are leading a group of 10 state attorneys general filing to stop a multi-billion dollar merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. 
The state officials say the merger would hurt competition and drive up prices for cell phone service. The Labor Union Communications Workers of America says the merger will lead to thousands of job cuts because T-Mobile would be closing thousands of overlapping stores. The companies argue that the merger is important for them to upgrade to the more powerful 5G mobile network and compete with Verizon and AT&T. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai said he would support the deal, but the Justice Department has not yet made a decision. Jennifer King, Washington. The House Judiciary Committee has launched its investigation into the market dominance of Silicon Valley's biggest names, including Facebook, Google, and Amazon. Today's hearing on Capitol Hill is looking at the tech giant's impact on news outlets and local advertisers. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Britain is set to get a new prime minister in a few weeks' time, and it looks like former Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson is off to a good start. Boris Johnson has solidified his front-runner status in the race to become Britain's next prime minister by gaining backing from leading pro-Brexit lawmakers. In a recent straw poll, he'd received almost double the votes of his nearest rival. Johnson's promising to lead Britain out of the EU by October 31, with or without a divorce deal. Ten candidates in all are running to succeed Theresa May as Conservative leader and automatically become Prime Minister. Charles Ledesma, London. A Massachusetts man who struck a friendship with Anne Frank's father has donated a trove of letters and mementos he received from Otto Frank to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum ahead of the 90th anniversary of the famous diarist's birth. The museum says the letters exchanged between the two from 1972 until Frank's death in 1980 showed how Frank worked tirelessly to spread his late daughter's message of hope. More at townhall.com. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll-free 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Either good afternoon or welcome back. I'm Bill Bunkley with the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show, and we are honored and delighted to have you with us this afternoon. Well, we've been talking about some very serious subjects during the first hour and uh, those having to do with Supreme Court decisions or re-decisions or re-hearings. And uh, this hour, we've got some equally important things to talk about. And we're going to be talking about uh, some interesting um, and I think timely comments and analysis by two individuals who are very key to the Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting that is taking place as I speak in Birmingham, Alabama. I want to talk a little bit about two of the addresses to the convention uh, participants by two very wise people. One is uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd, 
Dr. Ronnie Floyd has recently been uh, going to be affirmed as the president and CEO of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. The executive committee uh, handles the affairs throughout the years, implements SBC policy throughout the year on behalf of uh, the members, uh, the cooperating members of the Southern Baptist Convention. He and the current uh, head of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, J.D. Greer, uh, Dr. Pastor J.D. Greer, both uh, are leading this convention in some very interesting times. I'm going to be talking about that in just a moment, and I I really um, want you to try and hang in, especially if you are a Christ follower active in your local church. And uh, if you've got some feedback, uh, the phone lines will be open at 877 943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, going to have another discussion because it's almost like we're reliving 1867. I mentioned this during the last hour. And that is we had a civil war or a big civil disagreement. It was actually a war. And uh, it had to do with states' rights versus federalism. Northern industry versus southern agriculture, the slave uh, issue as well. And uh, right now we have the state of Vermont. Excuse me, excuse me, I misspoke even last hour. It's, uh, yeah, it's Vermont, uh, not Virginia. Uh, but Vermont, the governor has signed an extreme, extreme, uh, another abortion bill into law. We're going to be talking with Brittany Raymer, uh, who is a life issues analyst for Focus on the Family, because uh, it, 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 the states are lining up, and it seems like there's 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 no compromise in the middle. We got uh, you know uh, Alabama, uh, hardly nothing in terms of exceptions, uh, abortions to be outlawed. Anything goes, and we'll talk about this latest one now uh, in Vermont. That's coming up bottom of the hour. But I want to talk about uh, the three or four things that are going to be major, major topics of news and discussions coming out of the Southern Baptist Convention. Two I've already mentioned. We'll have uh, recommendations to change the bylaws of the Southern Baptist Convention. In terms of uh, sexual abuse uh, that uh, is has occurred or will be occurring in the future and how that's dealt with by the Southern Baptist Convention in relationship to whatever cooperating church uh, allegations that are proven and also fully disclosed. There's going to be some changes there on how that is policed and evaluated going further. And uh, to go along with that, changes to the bylaws in terms of uh, race and uh, talking specifically about racial uh, racial, um, reconciliation. And so in addition to that, um, what's happening in all the major denominations is that Fewer people are going to church. The fewer people are worshiping as called for by principles in Scripture, do not forsake the assembling of themselves, uh, of yourselves or the believers, but that's that number's going down. So why? And with those numbers going down, 
and we look at the Great Commission mandate, and we look at what Christians have in terms of an understanding as American Christians, we are certainly in a crisis. And both uh, President and CEO of the Executive Committee, Ronnie Floyd, and uh, uh, head of the Southern Baptist Convention uh, for the two-year or four-year term, J.D. Greer, um, address both of those, and they'll be continuing to address those issues. But I want to talk about, I want to talk about some things that they just brought to my forefront that I want to share with you. And by the way, you can join the discussion, 877-943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. You know, what's happening in modern Christianity, and I am uh, believe I'm quoting J.D. Greer, not quoting, but I'm paraphrasing his comments, and that is, and he's got a pretty large church, but what's happening is we have these large churches, sometimes referred to megachurches, And I'll add that we have this new phenomenon whereby people do a lot of church shopping. And maybe a lot of people or some people have thin skin because at the first offense or something they don't like, they're out of there looking for another church. And then you've got other folks that uh, do church cafeteria style. Well, we're going to worship here. My son's going to go to this church. He likes this youth group. My daughter's going to his other church. She likes the, the girls' uh, group there. And this is how we're going to worship the Lord. Now, I love you. I love each and every one of you. And I'm saying this in Christian love just to consider. Christ never organized his church. For you to go to be either entertained or for it to be your de facto weekly, twice a week, three times a week, direct counseling session. Now, all that's part of of worship. All that's part of teaching. All that is part of pastor-led interpretation of biblical scriptures. Believe me, I'm right there. I've lived my life there. But, you know... A church building is not a church until you, the people, show up. Until I, Mrs. B, and Zach show up. That's when the church becomes the church because the church is the believers. And instead of going to Wednesday night, drop off the kids at the youth thing, or go to hear a great message on Wednesday night, the question is, and I'm going to say this in love since I'm not looking at anybody personally. When you either church shop or you're easily, you know, offended, can I ask you a question? You're supposed, we're supposed to come together as the church to be the church and to take on the Great Commission. I mean, part of when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you also accepted being an evangelist or evangelical, if you will, because we're supposed to be living a life that people see that we're automatically something's different, and then we are to give a reason on the spot, in season or out of season, our testimony of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I must say that 
for many of us, we are not in a situation of persecution so much that we're, we, you know, we're afraid to tell because we're going to be shot or killed. We just don't want to offend anybody. So in an effort of not offending anybody, we're not offending them all the way to hell if you believe in the inerrancy of the Scriptures. An eternal, lifelong suffering in hell. And by the way, that's, that's what we believe. That's what the Bible says, unless you're kind of cutting out the scriptures that you think are fairy tales or can't be explained by science or all the other myriad of reasons. And what's happening today, a lot of the churches, you know, pastors get together and they'll say, hey, man, I had, I had uh, 10 baptisms this week. I had eight. I had, hey, we, we grew 15%. Hey, we did this, we did that. But you know, as I was listening to Dr. Floyd and and J.D., with so many people moving around, you know what's happening? Now, don't get me wrong that there are some churches in the Southern Baptist movement of cooperation has as a theme, which one is your one? And the idea is is that they have been trying to show Scripture to members of Florida Baptist, Southern Baptist Church, and say, you know what, <clears throat> who are you, who has the Holy Spirit put on your heart that you're targeting? You know, that, that Mary Lou? Man, she needs the gospel. Roy? Man, I, I met this guy, Roy. He's fictitious, by the way. I met this guy, Roy, and you know what? Uh, we stuck up a conversation, and uh, he doesn't know Christ right now. But I, I think the Holy Spirit's saying, that's your one, Bill. And so the question is that if we are walking the walk, we should be looking for opportunities for the next one or the one. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's someone you know. And by the way, men with men, women with women. If you've got someone who uh, you think is um, at a point of uh, having an honest gospel situation, you can set that up, but you set that up with a member of the same sex. You don't want to confuse motives, all of those type of things. But, you know, what's happening is we've completely lost our way in many in many areas of the American church. And what's happening is with some of the larger churches, and I happen to go to a larger church, and I have a very, very, one of the many, but he's a very dynamic, um, called preacher of the gospel, and Dr. Ken Witten. But what's happening is when you look at, uh, according to these two distinguished gentlemen, when you look at the statistic and the numbers, the growth or the changes in a lot of the demographics with churches is because people who already call themselves Christians are in a are in a kind of a regular migration from church to church. So because people leave one church to go to the next best thing, the next best pastor, the next closest thing to their house, the next best whatever, or the reasons you know, you, you want to have some. You want to have some fun. You know, get people. Just listen to people on why they change a church, and how many don't talk about doctrine. How many don't talk about the things that are important? But the idea is, is that, that 
instead of us growing our churches because we are out looking for our one and then we're inviting them to our home church and then we're willing to, you know what, once they get saved, we're willing to spend a year once a week or whatever in discipleship. I mean, that is in a nutshell why we are dying. And if you are a born-again Christian, saved, but one day there's going to be heavenly discussions about, well, you were saved for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Just kind of curious, how many people over that period of time did you engage in a gospel conversation? Ouch. Now, I know we talk about issues. I know we're in a culture war, and I know that we are your faith talk station. We have some of the the most um, excellent called pastors on our dial 24-7, and you have your favorites, Dr. Stanley, um, who, who, who knows? But radio and the fact that there's a portion that I believe God's called you since we are a republic, that I think we need to be involved with the issues of the day. But that is just a small portion. And so I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I want to sort of wrap up this conversation. But I I want to tell you that um, there's some honest self-evaluation going on at this annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention. And quite frankly, there's an honest evaluation that you and I and all of us ought to be asking the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, to teach us, to show us. And it isn't about just going to the church with the pastor or the choir or the youth director or the whatever, whatever, whatever. When you go to that church, what is your area of responsibility? Are you a teacher in preschool? Have you volunteered to go out with the Tuesday night visitation team? Do you assist in the youth area, uh, in the pre, you know, in the kindergarten area? Where, where are you serving? Because remember that Paul said we are all different parts of the body, but we all come together for the body. And if you're continuing to have your family spread out, how is that serving? Because whatever the Holy Spirit is showing you of why your family is spread out with multiple churches, can I at least ask you to pray about coming back together as a family, praying about where God would have you to be, and then go into that church and give of yourself, of your time, treasures, and talents to bring that church to possibly the excellence that you see in a certain segment of somewhere else. And remember there's four seasons, and that means today the grass is greener on the other side. doesn't mean that it's going to be that green during the next seasons. Your thoughts, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. If the gospel is going to survive in America, and today... Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, he operates his will through us. 
He does intervene. There are medical miracles. There are ministry miracles. But we are in the age where he's working through us. Are you part? Are you one of his working members? 877-943-9673. You can disagree. I'm Bill Bunkley. Be right back. In the last seven years, Autoglass America has paid out over $2 million buying back damaged windshields. Some people think this is too good to be true, but just ask any of Autoglass America's over 70,000 customers. If your windshield is chipped or cracked, call us. We'll buy it back. No gimmicks, no hassle, no fuss, no muss. Just cash in your pocket with a brand new windshield. Autoglass America at 813-96-GLASS. If it's chipped or cracked, we buy it back. Period. The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. Now here's syndicated columnist Cal Thomas. What do you know about Satan? You might say he's evil and you'd be correct, but evil is not his primary quality. Do you know what is? It's found in Genesis. Scripture says he's subtle or crafty. It means he sometimes approaches us in ways not always obvious. His goal? To distract us so we take our eyes off God. It doesn't take much. The slightest alteration in the trajectory of the space shuttle, for example, ensures it won't reach its destination. That's where politics comes in. Nothing wrong with politics, per se, but if it distracts us from the kingdom Jesus said was not of this world, guess who wins? Politics is a false god. It doesn't address the real problem we face, which is not which party controls government, but which God controls us. Our real problem is sin, and no party or politician can deal with sin. Only Jesus can. Sin leads to everything God despises, from abortion to the promotion of behavior God calls abominations. Think of this as the latest political season advances, and don't be distracted, or else... I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary, visit calthomas.com or write us at Values Through Media, P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. That's P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. Please specify the date and subject. Your tax-deductible gifts to Values Through Media help support us. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Who do you work for weekday afternoons at three join jim and martha brangenberg for i work for him who do you really work for is it your clients your boss your family your car payment yourself or your lord this isn't a trick question there is a right answer you're either all in or all out are you for him I am. In fact, I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I work for him. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on Faith Talk AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. 
constellations made of us. There's glory in the dirt, the universe within the sand, eternity within a man. Hey, we're back, Bill Bunkley. 877-943-9673. Just a couple of comments here before we'll take another break and uh, talk about yet another very radical decision against the sanctity of human life. And uh, Brittany Raymer is going to be joining us. She's an analyst uh, for life issues for Focus on the Family. A healthy church. A healthy church family, healthy family life. You know, what we try to do is because we've been to so many seminars, three habits, seven habits, whatever it is, do these things and your life will automatically be just blissful. Well, I think we'll forever be selling books like that because it's the hope. But I want to tell you, and and this is sort of borrowing from In Touch Ministries, and um, that has to do with how how you spend your day. Charles Stanley, bless his ministry because he's been very, very influential to me for decades. And that is, I always picture his consistent teaching through the years. Get up early if that is your time. If not, whatever time. Have a dedicated time that you will do your quiet time with the Lord. Whether it's 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., whether it's uh, 1 to 1.30 in the afternoon, 7 to 8, whatever. The idea is is that, number one, you have to have a, a fixed time. Or else the phone will ring. Things will always interfere because the devil is always looking to interrupt any one-on-one time you might have with the Lord. And then, if you can, and it may even be your master bedroom closet. It may be on the patio. But also have a discussion with your family if you're not single. And and talk about the fact that at this time, I want to have my quiet time. At this time, could you please give me my 30, 45 minutes, or whatever it is, and do not disturb me if in cases, unless it's an emergency. But just let them know on the front end and and to do it every day and have a time to read the Bible through, get your your daily Proverbs done, pray to the Lord on your knees if you can, and then after prayer just allow some time to just be quiet and let the Lord speak to you either through the word of the day or through the Holy Spirit. If you do that every day, then the balance of the day is more of having God to be your number one priority because you've just spent time with him, so he's fresh on your mind. 
you have other responsibilities, whether they're professional, kids, community, whatnot. And and then you can you can ask the Lord, you know, how many things am I doing that it's just the devil keeping me, you know, I got my to-do list, you know, my A, my B, and my C prioritization. Believe me, I've taken all with having the real estate offices and the mortgage offices uh, down through the years. I've been to every sales, marketing, time management course you can probably imagine. I, well, I probably haven't the modern ones because it's just switched out, same principles. But, I mean, Charles Stanley was very clear in, in one of his teachings of the Spirit speaking to him, and that is all of you folks that are like me that are type AA plus overachievers. You have all these things you want to accomplish in the day, but are, are, they, are they really things that need to be accomplished, and are they really on the Lord's agenda? Ask the question. Because Satan's going to keep you so busy in the pursuit of making money or your prestige or this, that, and the other that you're going to burn time up. And unless you spend time with the Lord and ask him, say, Lord, what do you want me to accomplish for you and your kingdom today? Not tomorrow, not next week. Lord, as we are here in this quiet time, what do you want me? You've got a plan for my life. You know everything that's going to happen today. If I yield myself to you in this time, what is your priority for me today? What do you want me to do today? And the other question can be, what do you want me to have discernment to say, you know what, I'm just not going to go there. I don't need to do that. And then pray for those opportunities. If you're looking for your one, Lord, today, I want to just focus on what you'd have me do today. And, Father, if you will bring someone to mind or across my pathway today of the same sex that uh, needs to know you as Christ, and you will ordain that conversation let me be aware of that either before or when it happens. And I guarantee you that if we get serious about our personal commitment to evangelization, our personal commitment to finding your one, and to realize that, you know what, this relationship with the Lord is he's not the holy bellhop. It isn't a prosperity gospel, though. Some of you who follow God's principles will be blessed heavily financially, but that's only to give back to his ministry. Because all of what he wants to do, he wants to accomplish through you and I and others until we see him in the sky. So I want to challenge you to um, get with your pastor, your deacon board, whatever, and say, you know, here I, here, here am I. I've realized that uh, the church isn't the building and other people, the church is me. I want to... I want to pray with you about where God would have me to serve. And I'm going to tell you what. You want to see a revival in the churches? Let us take our eyes, our Christian eyes, off ourselves and our own prosperity. And let's put our eyes for having a heart for all of those who are unsaved. All these millennials who haven't even been exposed to the Bible. Don't have to win them all. Just have to have, to have that one in mind. And so you get uh, all of us who know Christ and we might double ourselves in a year just by that one. Think about that as we add to the kingdom. 
When we come back, disturbing news about the protection of life. Vermont Governor Phil Scott has signed a bill, H-57, into law. We'll talk about that next in the Bill Bunkley Show with Brittany Raymer. She's an issues analyst for life for Focus on the Family. Don't go away. I'll be right back. W262CP, Bayonet Point. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The House has approved a resolution that will make it easier to file lawsuits against the Trump administration when officials defy subpoenas. The legislation passed 229 to 191 along party lines. It empowers Democrats to take legal action to enforce subpoenas against Attorney General William Barr and former White House counsel Don McGahn. Beloved in his hometown in the Dominican Republic, former Boston Red Sox player David Ortiz traveled the dangerous streets of Santo Domingo with little or no security, trusting in his fans to protect him. It was at a bar on Sunday night where he was shot and wounded. Now he lies in intensive care in a Boston hospital, and investigators are trying to determine what made him the target of what appeared to be an assassination attempt. On Wall Street, the down by 14 points, the Nasdaq unchanged, the S&P 500 declined one. More details at srnnews.com. You're a do-it-yourselfer. You fix things around the house, take care of the yard, wash your car, and on top of it all, run your own business. But wow, when it comes to digital marketing and advertising, things aren't so do-it-yourself. You need results and just aren't getting them on your own. Salem Surround will get you results. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Using every digital marketing tool possible is a necessity to compete in today's business world. But you have to know about all the options. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and, most importantly, revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Dads, in the task of fathering, I want to challenge you to excel beyond just getting by. Hi, I'm Chuck Swindoll. I heard a country preacher some time ago who said this, status quo is nothing but Latin for the mess we're in. That is so true. It's easy to feel like we're free-falling when society around us is in such disarray. And before you know it, we lower our standards as men and as fathers. Instead, my hope for you is that we could lift the standard back to where it should be and exhort one another to go after it with gusto. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. Have you ever wondered if God is pleased with you? Do you question whether you're close to him? And can you really know his will for your life? Hi, I'm Andrew Farley author of the new book, Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. 
right now, I'm inviting you to enter for a chance to win a luxury fall getaway to Dallas, Texas this November for the Twisted Scripture Conference. I'll address the burning spiritual questions all believers face. So visit this station's website today to enter to win. And just for entering, you'll receive a free guide to help you discover your new identity in Christ. Hope to see you in Dallas. Download your free guide and enter to win a trip to Dallas at letstalkfaith.com. Letstalkfaith.com. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery, and it happens in our own communities. Victims can be any gender, age, or race. Join the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign to learn how to recognize and report this heinous crime. Visit our website at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. That's www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. Your second look could be their second chance. We're back. Bill Bunkley here. Phone lines are open. 877-943-9673. As we stand by to um, chat with uh, Brittany Raymer with Focus on the Family. As we look at what's happening in our country today and where we are headed, it is very interesting to see how in some aspects, the news each day gets more and more outrageous, but it is more telling by the day. We heard recently that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the senior members of the court, was talking about the divided court, insinuating conservative and liberal and remember, 20 years ago, you wouldn't even have that conversation to be dismissed. So it gives you an idea of what's been going on behind the scenes. And uh, and quite frankly, as we see with a very, very divided nation, it's almost eerie, the north and the south, when it comes to life. And uh, state by state by state, they're weighing in. And what's interesting is, is that... Um, this has got to come to a head. And it might be that very Supreme, that very U.S. Supreme Court where this is going to all come down. But I want to talk about yet another state. This one, not in the South, this one in Vermont. Vermont certainly is uh, an area that we don't hear of any uh, sort of a bastion of conservatism there. But let's talk about this latest abortion bill. Joining me from Focus on the Family is Brittany Raymer. Uh, she's an analyst for the issue of life, 
And today we're talking about the Vermont governor has signed a very extreme abortion bill into law. Now, she is, uh, Brittany, that is, is an experienced, experienced policy analyst with a demonstrated history of working in Christian ministries. She's skilled in history, life issues, international relations, and humanitarian assistance. She's been with Focus on the Family since September of uh, 17, 2017. She was a research specialist with Samaritan's Purse, and that is uh, Franklin Graham's uh, very, very capable humanitarian organization previous to joining Focus. She has a Master's of Arts focus in, uh, focused pardon the pun, uh, in history from Liberty University, and uh, Brittany Raymer, good to have you with us. Thank you, Bill, for having me today. Well, first of all, very impressive resume. Anybody who is skilled in history is a friend of mine because our young people and uh, half the nation have lost their orientation because they have no idea where we've come from. And therefore, we're going to repeat this, the mistakes of the future. So I'm glad that your, your grounding there uh, really makes you a, a very, very uh, capable observer. Here we have states lining up. It's almost like the Civil War. Uh, and we're talking about extremes. I mean, we've got uh, Alabama, for myself and my audience, probably more in line with that particular uh, state decision. And now we have Vermont. And so let me ask you, Brittany, um, are some of these liberal states like Vermont and others, New York, are they are they in competition to try and outdo each other to see how much of a straight, straight, uh, abortion green light their state can can vote into law? You know, Bill, I really think there is a growing schism, as you say, between the pro-life and the pro-choice or pro-abortion communities, and it's really becoming um, very differentiated between the states. You know, Illinois just passed their very pro-abortion law in addition to New York, and so there really is this growing divide, and it's seeming like it's becoming harder and harder to find a middle ground when it comes to abortion. And I think that's the lead issue, but I think, and and not the necessary the, the purpose of our discussion, but just to throw it out there, you know, we, we have this divide on abortion. We really have a divide between um, evangelicals who believe in the errancy of the scriptures when it comes to marriage and relationships. And so I think this schism is going to be taking on more sort of uh, lining up, if you will, like uh, when you were in, you know, in grade school and you were lining up for the kickball and you were picking sides. Um, how alarming is this getting to be? Because it looks like that we're heading for a real cultural showdown, not just in the area of these uh, radical abortion laws, but in other areas. How important is it to, 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 to try and analyze what happened in Vermont and other places? Because it's like we're in two countries. You know, it really is. There's just definitely a growing divide between Americans on how they feel about these issues. And another problem that they're having is that a lot of these, there's so much... I would say honestly lies that the abortion community puts out constantly and it's harder a lot of times to fight against those. And even you can um, demonstrate the authority of science when it comes to life and people will flat out not believe you. Um, And Vermont specifically, they said that a fertilized egg embryo or a fetus 
do not have independent rights. And, you know, a fetus or a preborn child could be anywhere between, you know, two or three weeks all the way up to 37 weeks and basically full term. And so it just becomes this um, very complex issue and that people aren't really looking at the truth of it. When we go back, uh, Brittany, to Roe versus Wade, um, Vermont, I think, is in this category, possibly even Illinois. Um, These states are going well beyond what has been the constitutional protections for abortion as set forth by Roe versus Wade and subsequent Supreme Court decisions. Talk about that because they are getting way, way out there. Uh, And even though we thought Roe versus Wade was out there, I mean, we're now seeing that uh, when you vote uh, for one of these most radical procedures, it really is far beyond what even I think uh, the court had in mind back in Roe versus Wade, right? It really is. And we're actually, in the way these abortion laws are going, we're actually more in line with the policies of China and North Korea when it comes to abortion than with uh, Western Europe, where a lot of their abortion restrictions are around 10, 12 weeks. The women have to go in and have counseling sessions that have a mandatory waiting period. So it is really shocking that they're going to these extremes and aligning themselves with you know, especially in the case of North Korea, which I've studied quite a bit, just horrific abuses that happen in that country that we're instituting, you know, even just a portion of that policy here is rather frightening. How much of an influence do you think that social media has had, and on both sides, but the point I'm making is, and and part of this was coming out, we're monitoring the Southern Baptist Convention that is meeting in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, for their annual meeting. But one of the discussions that uh, also caught my attention was the irresponsibility of people when it comes to social media. First of all, we know that you really have to check your sources whenever you just grab some content off the Internet. And then now, if that wasn't bad enough, Brittany, we're now kind of engaged in social media. And then we'll see a tweet come in or an Instagram or a Facebook post. And the next thing, probably on both sides, what we do is you uh, know that as a student of history, you have to go back. And if you're going to study history, you know, you have to determine who's giving you the history Is it a rewrite of history or is it accurate? And then today, I know that those on the left are reacting, in my belief, because the President Trump, A, was elected, and B, he has at least on the surface, we don't know how they're going to vote yet in a lot of test cases, but he is perceived to have stacked the court, quote-unquote, with conservatives. Ruth Bader Ginsburg talks about the fact that we have a divided court, And so I think all this has helped fuel the flames on the left that, hey, we better go ahead and just go for, you know, no restrictions, no anything, because uh, these people are coming for us. Now, it may be true that our side is going for the purity of, of this, but it just seems that social media seems to motivate the general public in a way that we've never seen throughout history. And that's what I think is ginning up with the presidential campaign around the corner 
ginning up things like Vermont and Chicago to be so radical to where it wasn't that long ago that even pro-choice people said, no, we're not going to go for partial birth, partial birth abortion or those things that must happen the third trimester. What do you think about the causation of why we're seeing this all of a sudden? You know, social media definitely has a huge influence, and I watch social media feeds from actually both sides, pro-abortion and pro-life, and it's just amazing some of the just outrageous comments that occur, mostly on the pro-abortion side, about, you know, abortion and people who support life and that we're trying to subjugate women or um, increase the influence of the patriarchy, all sorts of crazy things that really are, I think, fueling this kind of uh, fear. Last year, there was a uh, organization that put on this road show um, called Rise Up for Row, I believe. And so they talked a lot about, you know, how passionate they were about abortion. And just it was just kind of crazy to watch the things that they were saying. And that social media really does hype up a situation sometimes to the extremes where it doesn't really need to go. Hmm. Your thoughts about, uh, in terms of, now we have Vermont, and um, just in a general sense, we have an election. And you look at Vermont. I know there are conservative people in Vermont. I know that there are people that will vehemently oppose H.R. 57. But, you know, what's happening here is when we look at any election, we look at the number of people that sit out an election. And then a very small number of people um, go to vote. And I've been saying this for years, especially with the homosexual lobby, but I look at Vermont. And so obviously you have an organized left. You have an organized elite. uh, They're on the progressive side. And so it doesn't take much for them to identify like-minded constituents. And they get out and they win elections. Same reason why we have Canada that is so left-wing, but we know so many areas of Christian influence in Canada. Uh, To me, when we see some of these states and even what we're dealing with in Florida, it goes all the way back that we are a representative form of a republic. And if we just lay back and don't pay attention to who's getting elected, then you're going to have legislatures like Vermont that may not represent, uh, who knows, you know, the, the regular folks of Vermont. But, but this is evidence that why we're talking about Vermont and other issues is because this is, this is what's happening in America. And for you to tell us uh, about China and North Korea and to tell us that we're now getting more radical than Europe when it comes to abortion, if that isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is to those who are, you know, mostly on the sidelines on issues. You know, it is because I was looking at some of the – voting that was happening in Vermont, and it didn't look like, at least in the House, that the vote on this bill was close at all. And so elections really do have consequences, and based on who are in those seats of power, you know, that you might not think your representative has very much power in the state legislature, but they actually do. And so what they're voting on can impact your state for, you know, decades to come, and especially in the life realm, you know, those are your citizens that are being aborted and so they can so it is a very important to vote and to um, vote for people who represent the values that you have in your community mm. and that's talking about uh, voting for people who support life 
uh, from our Christian worldview, voting for people who believe in the sanctity of marriage. Uh, and just got to tell you that if you are a Christ follower, if you want to live in an environment where at least being a Christ follower is tolerated, we need to all pay attention. Well, we're flat out of time. Got a hard break to get out. But, uh, Brittany, Raymer, I wish we could multiply you times 10,000 uh, because uh, your uh, cross uh, education here is just so valuable for what you're doing. Thank you, and thank you for all of what Focus on the Family does. You can catch them twice a day here. FocusOnTheFamily.com, FocusOnTheFamily.com. That is the website. Brittany Raymer, thanks so much for lending us your expertise this afternoon. Yeah, thank you, Bill, for having me. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. All right, going to wrap up this Friday edition. I'll go back to monitoring the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. want to just tell you coming up in just a moment, my pastor on his radio ministry, Living Truth, coming up right now, Parental Guidance Part 2. That's Parental Guidance Part 2. Hope you've uh, become a little more informed and maybe pray about being a more engaged Christian as a result of today's show. We'll see you tomorrow at 4. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 